Welcome in to the Galloway Podcast, episode 61. I'm your host, William Galloway. Today is Tuesday, December 8th, 2020. On today's podcast, we're previewing Alabama at Arkansas for the 10th game for the Crimson Tide in this SEC 2020 season. It'll be the final regular season game before Alabama takes on Florida in the SEC championship. We're going to preview the game with Bob Holt, but first, we're going to start with what's new. We'll talk with Bob, and then as we always do, we'll end up with Around Alabama Athletics here on episode 61 of the Galloway Podcast. So before we dive in, I want to remind everybody, the Galloway Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. So check out the podcast on those three platforms. And if you feel so inclined, you can share it on your social media as well. So getting things started here on episode 61, what's new? We're going to go around the SEC scoreboard and take a look back at week 14 of the college football season. It was game nine for the Alabama Crimson Tide. And going around the SEC here, Texas A&M got a big win at Auburn, the number five ranked team in the country, won 31 to 20 over Gus Malzahn of the Auburn Tigers. Auburn drops to five and four on the year. Texas A&M jumps up to seven and one. Arkansas played Missouri. That game was a shootout, and Arkansas lost. They're entering Alabama with a three-game losing streak, but as we're going to talk about with Bob here in just a couple minutes, they're a lot better than their record indicates, and they've had some really close games. So Missouri gets the win 50-48 to over Arkansas. Missouri now 5-3 and on the year, and as I said, Arkansas 3-6. and Another top 10 team in the SEC, Florida, went on the road to Tennessee and got the win 31-19 to in a Pretty one-sided victory. It was a little slow start for the Gators. It was just 3-0 to zero after the first quarter. But Florida jumps to 8-1 and one as the number six team in the country. And as this podcast is being recorded on Tuesday morning, the college football playoff rankings will come out tonight. An updated look at the college football playoff rankings. And obviously, they're not the final rankings, so they don't matter that much. But they are an indicator of what is to come in these next few weeks as we look for the four teams that will make the college football playoff. But Tennessee drops to 2-6, Florida 8-1, Florida with a 31-19 win in Knoxville this past weekend. A struggling South Carolina team falls in Lexington versus the Wildcats. Kentucky gets the win 41-18 over South Carolina. Kentucky 4-6, South Carolina 2-8. Just... Not a good year for that South Carolina team, but they do have a new head coach. Frank Beamer will take over command for the Gamecocks, so that is some news, good news for that South Carolina team after not having much good news at all this year. And now here we go, getting into Alabama at LSU. The 55-17 win for the Crimson Tide was the most points Alabama has ever scored In the history of the 85 games between Alabama and LSU, the previous record was 47, set in 1922. So Alabama with a record-setting game this past Saturday night in Baton Rouge to improve to 9-0. LSU falls to 3-5. And just a couple notes about that game. Alabama has scored 35 or more points in 22 straight games. That is an incredible feat. Alabama had over 600 yards of offense. They had 650 versus LSU, and obviously most of those came from Mac Jones delivering deep bombs to Devontae Smith. That Mac Jones to Smith connection all year has just been fantastic. Smith was all over the field making great catches. And, I mean, if you watch the game 
you know exactly how it went. Mac Jones had 385 passing yards. Najee had 145 rushing yards. And Devontae Smith obviously led with 231 reception yards. So, I mean, we don't have to get that much into this game. It was a dominating performance. Emotional win for the Crimson Tide fans. And overall, Alabama played extremely well. But what do you expect? I mean, it was a struggling LSU team. And it's an Alabama team that's been dominating everyone all year long. So that's Alabama at LSU. We look to this week now. On the schedule for Week 15 of SEC play, Georgia at Missouri. That game will be noon Eastern, 11 Central on the SEC Network. Alabama-Arkansas, we're going to talk about with Bob here in just a minute. That game, that will be brunch with the Tide as well. For the first time this season, Alabama has an 11 a.m. kickoff. ESPN will be airing the game. Tennessee at Vanderbilt, if you're in for a doozy at 3 p.m. Central on the SEC Network, you can tune in to Tennessee Vandy. Let me know if you tune into that one. I would I would love to see how that goes. Uh, LSU at Florida. That one in Gainesville. 6 p.m. Central ESPN LSU at Florida. And what's been a really good matchup the past couple years, obviously, is going to be one-sided, especially with Florida being at home. Nonetheless, kind of a headline game in the SEC given the slate of other games. So LSU at Florida, 6 p.m. ESPN Auburn goes on the road to Mississippi State, 5-4 and four, Auburn at 2-6 and six, Mississippi State, 6-30 Central on SEC Network, and then Ole Miss, Texas A&M has been postponed. So six games coming up in the SEC this weekend, and my headline game is LSU at Florida. We already know what's going to happen. I mean, Heisman Trophy candidate Kyle Trask is having a great season, but nonetheless, something to watch. Not a great slate this week in the SEC, but let's be real. There's been some duds, and there's been some really good games. So I'll have my eye on LSU at Florida this weekend. Hey, let's kick it over to Bob Holt here on the Galloway Podcast. Bob Holt of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. He's covered the Hogs since 1981. We preview Alabama at Arkansas, plus a little bit of Eric Musselman and Arkansas men's basketball taking a look at the hardwood for the Hogs. Here's Bob Holt on the Galloway Podcast, which is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. I'm joined now by Bob Holt of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, covered the Hogs since 1981, I believe. Bob, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Busy, uh, busy week wrapping up the regular season of the SEC. Or I guess if you want to say next week is the last week for some teams, it is. But for Alabama and Florida, who will play in the SEC championship, it is the last week of the SEC regular season. So I want to go ahead and jump into this Arkansas game preview. Bob, tell me about Arkansas this year. Three and six start, Sam Pittman's first year. What have been kind of your big takeaways in Sam Pittman's first season? Well, I know three and six, you know, doesn't sound like a good record, but, you know, Arkansas had lost 19 straight SEC games coming into this year, had been, I think they'd lost 24 of their last 25, you know, so pretty, pretty far down. And then when an all SEC schedule came out, you thought, wow, that's going to be tough. And then when they, they added Georgia and Florida, and it's like, wow, what does the SEC have against Arkansas? They couldn't have given them Vanderbilt or South Carolina or somebody, maybe one of those teams. They gave them both of them. So when that schedule came out, you thought they may not win a game. They, they could be improved and not win a game because um, I don't think they've been favored in any game um, you know, by the odds makers. 
They're obviously not favored in this game. They're big underdog, just like everybody has been against Alabama. But so, you know, three and six, uh, <coughs> excuse me, and, you know, if it happens to be three and seven, which that would be a shock if they beat Alabama, obviously, you know, that, that represents real progress. And, you know, it says something that people are kind of disappointed. They lost to LSU in Missouri. And they could have won those games, you know, not to make excuses for them against LSU. They had six of their top seven defensive linemen back. And they really couldn't get pressure on, um, on Finley, the freshman quarterback. And they really had trouble stopping LSU's run game. So I think if they'd had all their linemen, they would have won that game. I could be wrong. And then Missouri, they just got in a shootout and went ahead with 43 seconds left. And they just couldn't stop Missouri. Missouri just you know, pile up the yards on them all day. But they did that with a, their backup quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, Richard Freshman, going the whole way because Felipe Franks was hurt. So, you know, this is a t- – and, and we all know about the Auburn game. I don't think I have to go into that. But, you know, they, you know if everything had fallen right, you know, they, they could easily have six wins. But so three and seven for this t- team – or three and six, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. But, you know, three wins for this team, all SEC, uh, it's a pretty monumental accomplishment considering – uh, what they were, you know, were expected to do and what's, what they have done the last couple of years. So, yeah, I'd say Sam Pittman and his staff have done a really good job. One thing Nick Saban said in his press conference on Monday was that their record, as you just talked about, does not indicate the season they've had. And I think it was three games, it's been three games, that have been uh, by less than a touchdown. The The final margin has been less than a touchdown. So, but entering this game, Arkansas has a three-game losing streak, Bob. And so what do you hope to see out of Arkansas, and what do you expect to see out of Arkansas against Alabama on Saturday? Well, a lot depends, a lot depends on who the quarterback is. You know, Felipe Franks, they kept it under wraps pretty good. He didn't play. At, he dressed out against Missouri and tried in warm-ups, and he's had a rib injury. But like I said, K.J. Jefferson played really well. Um, I don't, really don't think it would matter if, um, you know, Peyton Manning in his prime was playing quarterback in Arkansas, I don't think they could probably beat. And I'd say that for a lot of teams, not just Arkansas. I mean, Alabama just rolling over everybody pretty much. And uh, so, but yeah, I would expect Arkansas to put up a fight. Um, don't expect them to win. Don't expect them to be close. Um, you know, their pass defense was was uh, really exposed by, at Missouri last week. And when you consider what, what Alabama could do in the passing game, I mean, I expect Alabama to roll, roll big, but uh, you know, I think last year they were down 41 to seven at halftime or something, you know, and Alabama kind of shut it down. I don't think it'll be that bad. I could be wrong. But I think it, I think it'll be a more competitive game than Arkansas had against Alabama, but um, there's just no, really no way to look at this game and see how anything other than Alabama win, you know, could, could be the outcome. And there have been some Alabama-Arkansas games in the past that come to mind. I think the 14-13 to 13 one, that was either in 2016, 2017. And Alabama had a very good team uh, that went on to compete in the college football playoff. Uh, but there's been some, some good Alabama-Arkansas games in the past. You mentioned the defense. Talk about uh, Grant Morgan, Jalen Catalan, Bumper Pool, one of the best names in college football. But three of the top four tacklers in the SEC. Bob, just talk about that defense and what they can do to not prevent Alabama from scoring, but slow Alabama from scoring. Well, yeah, Grant Morgan had to leave the Missouri game with an apparent knee injury. He's been playing with an elbow injury. He leaves the nation with 111 tackles. But we don't know what his status is for this game. And, you know, Missouri scored 27 points, I think it was, in the fourth quarter. I'm not saying that's all because Grant Morgan was out. That certainly didn't help Arkansas. <clears throat> and so, you know, you know, they'd, it'd be big if they could get him back. But we don't know. Yeah, Jalen Catalan's been playing great. They're, 
safety, makes a bunch of tackles. He's had some interceptions. He's real active back there. He has been ejected twice for targeting. Against A&M, you know, definitely not a malicious hit. But you say, okay, I guess that was targeting. Against LSU, uh, kind of shake your head and go, wow, that didn't look like targeting. It's, you know, that, that, that uh, rule seems to be enforced uh, in different ways. You know, it's obviously open to interpretation. I mean, there's some that are real obvious, helmet to helmet you know, launching, and then there are others that you say, wow, you know, and so I, I do, I have wondered how that's going to affect an aggressive player like Catalan, but he's a big-time hitter, really good player, might be their best defensive player, honestly, and then Bumper Pool, uh, been a very consistent player for him, he's uh, going into his second year as a full-time star, starts him as a freshman, and he's a good playmaker too, so yeah, they've, those three guys have been mainstays for him, but we, we don't know about Morgan Stass, that would obviously be a big uh, loss if he if he hadn't able to play. Bob, talk about Traylon Burks a little bit. Third in the SEC in receiving yards. Obviously, Alabama has some great receivers as well. But what does he contribute to the offense, and how can he challenge this Alabama defense <laughs> this week? Well, he's a big time receiver. He honestly reminds me of a guy that can play at Alabama. I think it's different is Alabama has about five guys like him, <laughs> um, even losing Waddle. But um, yeah, he's a he's got a lot of size. He's got a lot of speed. He's got really good hands. He's made some spectacular catches. He's a the guy they try to get the ball to in a lot of ways. Um, the three games going into Missouri, um, he'd been limited like to five or six touches. And, and Sam Pittman said that we got to get the ball to him more. And they got he had 10 catches at Missouri over 200 yards. Had, I think, three carries out of the backfield for about 14 yards. So he's a guy, you know, he's going to go deep. They're going to maybe get the ball to him on sweeps. Um, might do some direct snaps. He's just a great athlete. Um, probably a first-round NFL draft pick kind of talent. He's a sophomore, so they're going to get him for at least one more year, have him for at least one more year. But, yeah, he's a, he, he's a really great receiver. He's about as good as there is in the country, I think. He's, he's a guy that could play at Alabama, in my opinion. Yeah, you mentioned all those talented Alabama receivers. People talk about the offensive line, Mac Jones, Alabama's defense really kind of coming into their own this year. Bob, when you look at Alabama – what stands out to you about the Crimson Tide in terms of how they've been able to have success and where do they, where is Alabama most dangerous to an opponent? Well, that's funny. I think somebody asked Sam Pittman yesterday, what worries you most about Alabama? And he kind of chuckled and paused because I'm sure he's going over his mind. Well, what doesn't worry about Alabama? <laughs> but I would say he said stopping them. And I agree with that. You know, you look at the points and yards they've piled up. I mean, the defense obviously didn't have a good game at Ole Miss, but you feel like, you know, they can win, you know, lower scoring games. They can win shootouts. Um, nobody's really stopped them all year. I don't expect Florida to stop them. That doesn't mean Florida couldn't win the game. But, um, yeah, just Mac Brown, I'm sorry, not Mac Brown, Mac Jones, you know, I think he made his first career start against Arkansas last year. And, you know, um, he had incredible numbers. I think it was like 18 out of 22 or something. And, of course, he had great players around him, and he still does. But, yeah, just their firepower whether it's Najee Harris, you know, running the ball down people's throats or their big play receivers. Sam Pittman said that's, you know, maybe the best offensive line he's seen in a long time, including one C's coach. Of course, he has an offensive line background. He had some great linemen at Arkansas and Georgia. And so, yeah, I think just their firepower on offense. Um, you know, you used to think of Alabama's great defense and great running game and play action passes. And, and obviously, you know, Nick Saban has, has evolved you know, in his offensive philosophy. And they just they just have so much firepower that that would be the number one concern for me if I was playing Alabama. 
And then circling back to Sam Pittman, we talked about the three and six season, but looking into the future, I mean, you talk about the not winning, I think it was 17 SEC games and now winning three this season in a conference only schedule, which is a feat in and of itself. But talk about the future of this Arkansas program under Sam Pittman and the direction that you see it headed. Yeah, they when they, they lost to Georgia to open the season, that was actually their 20th straight SEC loss. And they had a 17-game uh, losing streak spanning the John L. Smith, Brett Bielema eras. I don't know if you can call John L. an era. He was here for 12 games as an interim coach for by Petrino. But, um, yeah, they've recruited really well. So, you know, that's one of those things about Sam Pimney. He's a really good coach. He's a really good recruiter, too. And I think he's added, got some pretty good recruiters on his staff. So, um uh, they, I think they've recruited really well on a couple fronts. One, obviously, Arkansas has struggled to win games, and kids want to go where they can win. They also want to go where they can play, and that's something Arkansas could sell to them was playing time or the opportunity to play early anyway. And then also, obviously, with the pandemic, you know, the recruiting's all virtual. You can't get guys on campus. You can't have the camps in the summer to get to know them and vice versa. And so, but, but they've got a pretty good class, it looks like, lined up for the early period. You're seeing some schools lose commitments. And so, yeah, I think, um, I mean, it's hard to climb up in the SEC West. We've got Alabama, and I don't know LSU's having a bad year, but you can't believe they're going to be down very long. And um, But Arkansas, you know, I think the key, if you're in the West trying to move up, if you're at the bottom, is beating the Mississippi schools. Not that they're not good programs, but they're not Alabama and Auburn and LSU. And, and A&M's obviously, you know, you thought Jimbo Fisher would go in there and get it together pretty quick, which it looks like they have this season. So, I think the future is bright from certainly from the standpoint of what it's been, whether or not Arkansas can rise up and, you know, challenge teams like, you know, Alabama and LSU and Auburn. I don't know about that, but they can certainly, you know, get their program back into a good position, which, you know, Arkansas traditionally has been a pretty good program, but the last few years have been very unstable um, coaching wise, quarterback wise. And, um, but yeah, I think the future looks good here. And then jumping from football to basketball now, Bob, I want to ask you about Eric Musselman. He's kind of a character. And over the quarantine era period, we saw kind of over the summer, late spring, he's kind of all over social media, pretty, pretty goofy guy. But talk about Musselman, uh, the person, Musselman, the coach, and then kind of just Arkansas basketball this year. What's the outlook for the Razorbacks? Well, yeah, starting with, yeah, Eric's got a big presence on social media. And that was before the coronavirus, you know, changed a lot of stuff. You know, he's, he's very popular. He, he has a good sense of humor. He doesn't mind poking fun at himself. You know, people could watch the videos where he pretends to be a fan in the stands, cr criticizing, you know, Eric Musselman, basically poking fun at himself. Um, yeah, he's got a good sense of humor, very creative. I think he realizes, you know, so, social media is a big recruiting uh, tactic to reach kids. It's a big uh, marketing tactic to stay engaged with fans, especially, you know, Normally, coaches would go out on the speaking circuit, so to speak, in the spring and summer and do Razorback clubs or they do, you know, Al Tide clubs or whatever they're called in Alabama or, you know, all those, everybody, big time schools do that and you can't do that now. So a way to stay engaged with the fans is through social media and he's done a really good job of that. I think he's a really good recruiter. Um, they've got nine, well, they've actually got 10 scholarship newcomers this year and, and one of them's got a bad knee. But they, they've got nine newcomers. They're relying, obviously, heavily on some freshmen. Moses Moody, just freshman of the week. He's a big-time talent, 6'6 guard. Um, you know, he's already shown up on some NBA 
mock drafts. You know, he might be – Arkansas never had a one and done. I don't know if he'll be the first, but he's really good. Very, you know, talented player and good size, good wing. And they got some great – you know, Eric really does a good job in the transfer portal. He was one of the first guys, I think, to really exploit that. And now that's a huge recruiting uh, tool for coaches. And basketball, I think especially. I mean, you probably have maybe a 1,000 players getting the portal. And, um, and, and, you know, after you know, last season, it ended at the same time for everybody. So the portal just got flooded. And uh, every time you see something on Twitter, you know, so-and-so is in the transfer portal. His schools are blah, 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 and Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas literally, I think, contacted anybody that they thought could help them. <clears throat> and, you know, after doing some re extra research, maybe that wasn't a good fit for the player. Maybe Arkansas felt, yeah, this guy isn't the best fit for us. But they got some really good transfers. You know, Justin Smith from Indiana, Vance Jackson from New Mexico, and Jalen Tate from Northern Kentucky. They're, they're their only seniors. So it's kind of the reverse one and done from maybe what Kentucky does with the freshmen. Eric's doing it with the seniors. And um, that, and so he, I think, you know, they're only four games in, but they've looked and they have played, you know, mid-majors like North Texas, Texas Arlington, but they've done pretty well against those teams. And I think they're going to be pretty competitive in the SEC. Yeah, to me, the portal is a beautiful thing because you get those guys not coming out of high school, but with college experience and they don't need to mature any because they've been in college. They have that experience and they bring with them whatever, wherever they came before. And so they have different coaching. They have their high school coaching. They have some collegiate coaching and it adds up uh, really a beneficial thing that obviously he's taking advantage of. Bob, thank you so much for taking the time this week. Looking forward to Alabama and Arkansas this Saturday morning in Fayetteville. Okay, sounds good. Thank you to Bob. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation. You can follow him on Twitter, of course, at Bob Holt. And he works for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. So moving on now in the Galloway podcast to around Alabama athletics. Let's talk a little tied hoops. The Alabama men's basketball program is currently 3-1 and one after a 2-1 and one performance at the Maui Invitational, played in Asheville, of course, the mainland Maui. Crimson Tide 3-1 and one on the season, lost that first game to a pretty good Stanford team who didn't play that well later in the tournament, but then got two quality wins on Tuesday and Wednesday. The Crimson Tide will next play versus... Clemson in Atlanta at 6.30 Saturday night, so Tide Football, 11 a.m., and Tide Hoops, 6.30 p.m. versus Clemson. Obviously, Alabama's played Clemson in the past. They played them in Birmingham a couple years ago, lost to Clemson, a completely different team, different type program now, but that's kind of an outlook at the Crimson Tide versus Clemson this Saturday at 6.30 in Atlanta. It's part of that holiday hoopsgiving classic that Atlanta puts on for the collegiate level and the high school level every year. Glad they're still able to do that. There won't be fans at that game, but that's all right. Bama fans will be in Atlanta the following week for Alabama versus Florida in the football SEC championship. Elsewhere in Alabama athletics, the women's basketball team is 4-0. They're off to a fantastic start. They got a big win in Stillwater this past Saturday over Oklahoma State, 76-72. Jasmine Walker had 24 points. Hannah Barber added 22. They will next play tomorrow on Wednesday versus Sam Houston State, trying to start the season 5-0. That tip time is 2 p.m. Again, the women's basketball team 4-0 this season so far. Women's 
basketball, men's basketball. We've got swimming and diving, getting their season started soon. So Alabama Athletics trying to keep as normal of a winter season as possible. Swimming and diving will take on Kentucky on Thursday, December 17th. The gymnastics will start a conference-only season in January, and that's kind of a look this week at Around Alabama Athletics and what's going on with the Crimson Tide. So, episode 61 on the Galloway Podcast, that kind of does it for us here. Today we talked about what's new and looking at the SEC scoreboard from week 14 and previewing week 15, we talked with Bob Holt of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and then we went around Alabama athletics. Hey, it's the holiday season, and you are going to want some great merchandise. Galloway Podcast comfort colors, t-shirts, tumblers, coffee mugs, golf towels, and some new hats, navy hats, White hats and gray hats. Galloway Podcast hats are $20. They're Nike dry fit hats. You're definitely going to want to get your hands on those. You can DM me on Instagram, excuse me, Twitter at WM underscore Galloway. Don't DM me on Instagram. That'd be weird. So check that out on Twitter. I'll have pictures up in a couple days of those new hats. Once again, navy, gray, and white Nike Galloway Podcast hats. Only $20. Perfect gift for you or somebody this season want to check those out. So, episode 61 of the Galloway Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. This is the Galloway Podcast, where there's the right way, there's the wrong way, and there's the Galloway.